Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Monday, December 6th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got a look at Senator Bob Dole's legacy. Number two, the latest results from the canvas. And number three, what's on tap for a very busy week in Congress. All right, Jake, let's start with the number one story of the morning. Over the weekend, former Senator Bob Dole passed away. Of course, he's a Republican from Kansas, a World War II veteran who served in Congress from 1961 to 1996. He died at the age of 98 yesterday. Yeah, uh, former Senate Majority Leader and a uh, not only a presidential candidate, but a vice presidential candidate in 1976, presidential candidate in 1996. Um, yeah, I mean, just a, a legendary person. You don't. I, I, I guess I would say, Anna, that they don't really make people like Bob Dole anymore, right? I mean, this is somebody who survived World War II, had some grisly injuries in World War II, and um, lived kind of a... Uh, an amazing life, right? A, a life that, you know, you can't really live anymore, I would say, is probably the best way to say it, um, just because of his ex- his amazing experience in, um, his amazing experience in America. Uh, um, and the time he, with he, which he lived, right? I mean, honestly, that is, to me, the biggest thing is really a statesman of that era that, you know, when you look at what's happening in Congress right now and how it's devolving and the kind of not that Dole wasn't a sharp partisan because he was, but it was just a really different era. And and in his post-congressional life, really, he kind of became this, you know, kind of bipartisan figure that a lot of folks really looked up to and revered. Yeah. And also the other um, the other thing worth noting is that he was majority leader in a time in a very interesting time for the Republican Party. Right. I mean, Republicans took back the House majority in 1994 and um, he was the Republican leader in the Senate. And one of the things that people always say about um, about Dole is that he and Newt Gingrich, who were the respective leaders of the House and the Senate at the time, both wanted to be president and were both very big figures, which was, I would say, I think, complicated some of the um, some of the management of, of Congress at the time. Right. I mean, when we haven't seen that in a very long time, probably since then, right? I mean, Nancy Pelosi certainly doesn't want to be president. John Boehner, Paul Ryan, I guess you can make an argument Paul Ryan wants to be president, but can't admit it to himself. <laughs> but, but um, uh, you know, just j- that, that was an interesting dynamic that that uh, played into Dole's life. I would also say I, I would find it hard to believe that uh, no decisions have been made. I have to imagine that he'll probably lay in state or in honor in the Capitol. I mean, this is, you know, Daniel Inouye did, uh, uh, John McCain did. Um, so I just have to imagine at least that'll be talked about, right? I mean, that that seems that seems probable. Very, very, very likely, I would think. Uh, President Joe Biden, who served in the Senate with Dole for 23 years, ordered flags at half staff on federal buildings. So something we will be following in terms of the arrangements and bringing you details as we learn about them. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. It's that time of the month. The Canvas is back. This is our latest edition with our project with Locust Street Group, which is anonymously polling senior staff on Capitol Hill. We are actually going to be, I'm very excited about this, Jake. We are going to be releasing our year in review this month. But 
ahead of that, we have a fascinating November survey for you this morning and a ton more for premium subscribers throughout this week. But a couple things caught my eye. Number one being the 2022 priorities, which is we're all kind of trying to figure out the scramble for the last couple of weeks here of 2021, but people are already looking at 2022. And when you look ahead, 61% of respondents of these senior Capitol Hill aides told us that supply chain issues will be a top focus of Congress in 2022. 62% of Republicans say that and 60% of Democrats. Uh, that's that. That's a big indicator of just how big of an issue both sides see supply chain issues going into this election year. Yeah. Um, and when you think about it, I mean, what, that's one of the questions I get a lot is what is Congress going to do in 2022? I have to imagine that that's one of the, the this is one of the things. Now, it's not easy to legislate supply chain issues, right? Um, how do you, I'm sure there are things you could do that I'm not thinking of, but. Um, it's not an easy fix. No, it's not an least. easy fix when, when, you know, the entire global kind of supply chain system is is halted or slowed down or whatever. Um, so uh, you know that's that is the um, and and you know goods are sitting on ships you know outside of docks and much of this has to do with not much but some of this has to do with just the 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 capacity of some of these. Um, some of these ports in places like Los Angeles and Long Beach and and across the country that they just don't have the capacity or the manpower to unload uh, ships around the clock. Um, so very difficult. But but I could tell you definitively. I mean, I could say definitively that that um, members of Congress are worried about this, and and we'll see how the holiday season goes. Um, if people are able to get stuff and people are able to get goods, maybe it won't be that big of an issue. If they're not, we're already in the middle of holiday season, right? It's December sixth. 10 days ahead of my birthday, which is the biggest holiday in America. Um, um, no, but but we're, you know, we're 19 days from Christmas. So if people are pissed off, Congress is going to have to going to have to react to that. I, I already hear people, members of Congress tell me they go home and they get all this. They get questions about um, about supply chain stuff and why they're you know, why goods are more expensive and why they can't get stuff when they want them. So. I, I just have to imagine that what our our poll our poll participants are telling us is is true. All right. The other thing quickly uh, was an interesting factoid on leadership. A majority of aides on both sides of the aisle say that their party may need to replace their leadership in 2023. Of course, that is a long way off from today. But that's a pretty widespread sentiment on this topic. I, I, you know, clearly there's been, a, particularly on the Democratic side in the House, a very longstanding kind of you know juggernaut of leadership there. Um, but th that's a pretty big sign that we should be looking at the jockeying of who, what people are doing, who's lining up, where the leadership is is potentially going to change in both the Senate and the House. Yeah. So I mean, the the leadership I have to imagine in the House is going to change. Um, I, I can't imagine there, this. No one can. No one that I've spoken to. Um, and no signs tell me that Nancy Pelosi is going to stay, although we've been saying that for 15, for, you know, 12 <laughs> years. So I don't know. Um, and uh, I don't I, I the, the interesting thing is, I don't think there's going to be much more leadership change beyond that. I mean, listen, the rank and file, I'm not trying to put down our great poll participants here, but the rank and file always wants the leadership to change, I, I think. Um, uh, the leadership is never doing enough or doing the right thing for members of Congress and their aides. So 
it's surprising. It's definitely surprising to me. Definitely caught my eye clearly since we're talking about it. But um, it's more of a um, uh, it's more of a warning sign, I would say, than a um, an actual uh, 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 problem for people like McCar- Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. Uh, This week in Congress, it has been a very busy fall, and it continues to be a busy uh, road to the year end here, where congressional leaders have a ton on their plate. We break this down in quite uh, minute detail in this morning's Punchbowl News AM. Um, You know, last week it was all about government funding. Right now it is all about debt limit and this you know, defense policy authorization bill and what Congress is going to do this week on those two issues. Yeah, let me just focus on uh, let me just let's focus on two things here. The NDAA um, needs to pass this month. It's not it's not a traditional must pass, but it's a um, but it is a traditional must pass. It's not traditional in the sense that, you know, Congress doesn't it's the world doesn't end if Congress pass doesn't pass this. They need to pass it. Um uh, sometimes it passes in January, but not terribly frequently. Usually passes by by the end of the year. Um, the big question is: Does leadership try to attach the debt ceiling? It's a stupid idea. Uh, we we reported a ton on this last week. Really bad idea for Congress to do this, but this seems to be the leading option right now for reasons that are not clear to me and or, or frankly clear to anybody who understands um, that that would become a mess. Um, but the debt limit, I mean, we are nine days out from the debt limit needing to be reached absent some new treasury guidance that debt limit is going to be pushed back, which I I don't know that it will be. Um, um, I I think most people think that, that the debt limit could extend beyond December 15th, but, but not hopeful on that front that, um, that treasury will change it. Then there's the BBB, right? The BBB is the um, the big Biden um, priority, the Build Back Better Act, the second part of his legislative agenda. I just think it's going to last until it's going to go until 2023. Is that the year? No, sorry, 2022. Wow, I was like, whoa, we got a, yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> if it lasts to 2023, we're in big, big trouble. Um, so... That's my guess uh, that it stretches into January. Uh, I think that we, we reported last week that Kirsten Cinema was telling people that it would, and that uh, we know Joe Manchin doesn't want it to pass this year or wants to wait until 2020, uh, 2022. God, I can't remember the years anymore. Um, but I, we expect this week some action on the um, parliamentarian front, and some decisions need to be made. I mean, you know, we were saying last week that, um, that, the uh, leadership needed to just heed Joe Manchin's calls here, right? Joe, if Joe Manchin's not voting for it this year, it's not happening this year. And um, and Joe Manchin does not appear to be voting for it this year. So so that's kind of where we are. And, um, uh, you know, I, we expect some decisions or some movement or some high signs this week, some 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 additional information, I guess, is the best way to say it this week.
All right. And with that, I just want to say a big thank you to Jake for holding down the fort for the last Woo-hoo! week or so uh, without when I was out for my honeymoon. Uh, a big thank you to that. I'm very excited to be back. And just a reminder that I'm going to be talking with Representative Susan Dalbeni, the Democrat from Washington and chair of the new Democrat Coalition on Wednesday at noon Eastern time about the state of childhood poverty and the impact of the child tax credit and the earned income tax credit. It's going to be a fascinating conversation with a emerging leader in the House Democratic uh, con- you know, conference. So I hope you'll join us. It's going to be virtual. And with that, have a great week. Please stay safe and we'll be back tomorrow morning. <laughs>